0: paid for by airtime media live from san francisco on the sports
1: byline broadcasting network you are listening to wrestling observer live with your hosts brian alvarez and mike semper are
2: you ready are you ready let's get it on
3: How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Well, you know how things go. The show begins live, and uh, we don't know what's working, what's not working. I believe that my video is now available. We're going to see what's going on with Mike Sempervivi, because I believe he just got a tornado alert for his house, which uh, might mean that he's not going to be available on the show today, so... We're going to find out what's going on here in just a moment. And uh, anyway, whatever happens, I am here. My voice is here. And so we are going to do the program today. It is Thursday on this show. And we got a lot to talk about here today, so let's get into it. Last night was AEW Dynamite, and a lot happened on that show. Obviously, the big main event was the Elite versus Hangman and the Dark Order. If Hangman and the Dark Order won, Hangman got a shot at Kenny Omega, Dark Order got a shot against the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. Well, what happened was the babyfaces lost. Not only did the babyfaces lose, but but Hangman Page was pinned in the middle of the ring by Kenny Omega and the One-Winged Angel. So the main event of the pay-per-view does not appear to be Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. Who is going to be replacing Hangman Page in that championship match? I guess we'll wait and see. They are they are stretching this story out, which actually, if you listen to this show, or the uh, Figure Four Daily Show with Lance Storm, Both of us had various ideas that involved Hangman not beating Kenny Omega and uh, perhaps not even winning this match here, which he did not. So we could talk about that. The United Center in Chicago has been announced, and they made no bones about CM Punk likely coming in for AEW. We'll talk more about that, the Chris Jericho match, and so much more. Back in a moment to kick it off, everybody, Wrestling Observer Live.
0: Tom Bodette here, still leaving the light on for the long haul trucker.
5: While we were locked down at home, you were out there day and night bringing us what we needed to make it through. And Motel 6 is here to help you make it through. Want to trade a loose load strap and a sore back for a good night's sleep? Yes, you do. Motel 6 has a place just down the road with a clean, comfortable room and a great low rate. You'll know it when you see it. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6 and we'll leave the light on for you.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Yes, Mike Sempervivi is here for the moment. But I guess we just, we just wait to find out, like, what's going on here. Could make for some interesting radio,
6: that's for sure. Yeah, what's happening? I, I got a tornado, tornado coming. coming? I don't know. Apparently all of the conditions are right for one in this area, because my iPhone went blasting into a high tone warning me to get to low ground, into a bathtub, into a basement, something like that. So we'll see how it goes. I would assume if something happens and starts to break apart the house, probably good
3: for Twitch ratings. Well, you know, I don't want to make this about me, Mike, but uh, last night there was a an eight point something earthquake in alaska and so uh i had to sit up uh waiting to do observer radio with dave and find out if i had to evacuate from uh where i am right now because i am in fact if there's a tsunami we're wiped out bro there's signs (laughs) everywhere we have to run up this hill and get the hell out of dodge man we got coastal problems is what we got yeah Alright, so uh here's the big news coming out of the Dynamite show last night. First off, uh Nick Jackson missed a dunk. Who cares? Let me guess. <laughs> I, I, thought that was, I thought that was great heel work. I God. like how you lead off with well, this. Dude, did you I read the comments? I, yes, you I read did. The it's comments like, of all? No, I read the comment from you on the board, bro. Like of <laughs> all, of all the things to to nitpick out of an AEW report, bro. It would listen if you think that, that was Nick a successful Jackson, operation. Then, <laughs> if you think that Nick Jackson didn't want to dunk that basketball as he did a springboard, of course he did. But yeah. my point is, it doesn't matter. He's a heel. He can fail. Like at the beginning when they came out for the for the they were doing the Space Jam thing. Which, by the way, my daughter uh, has gone from Star Wars to uh, this new Space Jam. That's uh, awesome. This is this is a downward uh, move. Movie Whoa. sucks. So, uh, massive heel heat when these blokes came out doing this Space Jam gimmick. Come on. uh, Dude, they they sunk like eight baskets there, and then he misses (laughs) one later. Like, who cares? Who cares if he made it or not? They're a bunch of geek heels. You see Don's shorts? Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So,
6: anyway. obviously, Obviously, you do. Number one, I cannot believe that hashtag Don's shorts did not trend on Twitter last night. That was certainly a sight to behold, but i just i i you know i was amazed that that's the first thing it's like you are the heel ambassador like if a heel like mjf with his 19 shades of tan that he had on it's like well of course he's a heel it's like whenever something may be askew for a heel you are going to jump in there and defend that heel you're like a an Alan dershowitz or a an f lee
3: bailey a johnny cochran for heels out there defending them bro listen you realize that I had to listen for like I don't even know how long, these 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 wacko Russo listeners or whatever, going crazy because I took a bump into a kiddie pool, like for years, and did did no one stop to think for one second that of course I'm going to take a bump into a kiddie pool and of course I'm going to over that's the point anyway. Chimney christmas yes i have to explain this to people like he missed a dunk who cares he's a heel oh he looked dumb well you know uh there was a time in this business uh which was most of the time that this business existed which the idea of you were a heel was that you weren't cool <laughs> like hello all right so they lost hangman's team lost hangman was pinned in the middle of the ring by kenny omega what does this mean i don't know we had uh, hours of fantasy booking on Observer Radio last night. I don't know who's going to face Kenny Omega. But my point is that you've got a lot of big matches. And as much as people say, well, you know, Kenny Omega versus CM Punk, Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan, it's going to be big with or without the title. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? I think those matches are bigger with the title. You don't need to belt the hangman now. If you have literally any competence whatsoever as a storyteller you can stretch this hangman story out further you can stretch this story out and eventually go full circle where the hangman and his old best friends the young bucks which has been a storyline on their bte show for like eight months now they get back together again hangman ultimately wins the title it's gonna be fine everybody if you want to say that I'm being paid, if you want to say, fine, whatever. I don't care, okay? But I'm telling you, it's going to be all right. If your uh, sixth cousin, uh five times removed, decided they were going to quit AEW because the hangman didn't win, it's going to be okay, everybody. It'll be fine. There's a lot of ways to do this storyline. We'll find out who ends up facing Kenny Omega at the pay-per-view. Honestly, if you do CM Punk and Darby Allin in CM Punk's first match since 2014... Bro, Kenny Omega could face Lee Johnson. It doesn't matter. The show is going to do uh, big business. So, we'll see what happens. We will also see... We won't see. Like, it's going to happen. You know, 99.99999... Whatever I said yesterday on the show about CM Punk... I mean, bro... He, they couldn't tell you he's in more than they did on last night's show yeah. without actually telling you that he's in. They announced the United Center on the show, Chicago. The fans chanted at the top of their lungs for CM Punk. The director zoomed in on fans chanting for CM Punk, and they went immediately to Darby Allen, who said, I'm going to be in Chicago, and I'd like to face... The best in the world. He wasn't talking about Shane McMahon, everybody. He was talking about CM Punk. So, the guy's in. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I guess we'll find out, but, I mean, I'm 99.999% sure that he signed an in. Who is not signed an in is Brock Lesnar. There's nothing going on right now with Brock Lesnar. Zilch, okay? That does not mean that at some point something couldn't happen with Brock Lesnar, but if you've seen the rumors on the internet... From uh, many sides, Brock Lesnar is not going to AEW right now. But, bro, why are we getting ahead of ourselves? we got CM Punk likely in and uh, Daniel Bryan likely in. And by likely, I mean it's pretty much 100%. So there's plenty of stuff that can be done, despite the fact that Hangman did not win this match last night.
6: And, I mean, right now, right now, is this not the time to shuffle Adam Page out of that position? He is as popular as he could get. He does not need, he doesn't need the title right now. A little bit of a different situation than when we say that about some other people. But he doesn't have to have at this moment in a time where it certainly looks like CM Punk and Bryan Danielson are coming in. And I will say this, if CM Punk's not got something on a piece of paper talk about promotional malpractice because for all the reasons you mentioned right down to zooming in on Darby Allen's face and Sting and Alex Marvez both look at the camera and even more than that they rented out the United Center in Chicago right at a time where they're already doing events in Chicago why else would you do this again the United Center is the big building that's the Bulls that's 20,000 people I don't know if they can put twenty thousand in it, but what could do that? CM Punk, Darby Allen, Brian Danielson, and, and again, I, mean, I won't get into the fantasy booking aspect, but like Brian Danielson just being there, being anywhere near Kenny Omega because of the status of where they're at, because of their work, all of that stuff, right now would be the time. Adam Page, as long as he's a hero, as long as he's treated right. People are going to look at him and have faith in him and believe in him the same way that they did in a Dusty or a Magnum or a Ricky Morton or anybody that faced Ric Flair a couple of times or was always in a title chase and would come up short. Okay, so anybody that's worried about Hangman Page, I think they're absolutely nuts.
3: Now would be the time to strike with this. All right, when we come back from the break, we are going to do the quick and dirty AEW report. If you want full details on the show, the Brian and Vinny show tonight, uh, we'll be talking about both this and NXT. And uh, I will just say, and I actually don't know this. It's it's merely my presumption. But uh, if you thought that I liked the uh, Cameron Grimes L.A. Night stuff, uh, there is no bigger fan of Cameron Grimes than old Vinny V. Largely, I think, because Cameron Grimes stole Vinny V's gimmick. So, uh, we talk about that tonight as well. But back in a moment, everybody. Observer Live!
7: You
1: are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Let's uh, talk about this AEW show here very quickly. I'm going to do the boom, boom, boom. We can talk more about some stuff later. Got some notes on the show as well. So the opener, the Elite, beat Hangman Page and the Dark Order Elimination Tag. It came down to the Hangman against both the AW World Heavyweight Champion and the AW World Tag Team Champions 3-on-1. He did manage to pin Matt Jackson, which brought it down to 2-on-1, but then ultimately he uh, got his leg grabbed he was uh smashed, he kicked out of a belt shot, and then uh, eight two V-triggers and a one-winged angel, and he was pinned. So they are on their way to a long-term storyline with the Hangman, and that was the end of this chapter. This was a really good match. Whatever you thought about the finish, beating Hangman, whatever. Excellent match, with the exception of uh Nobody Can Catch Anybody on a Dive and uh, Nick Jackson almost got killed, and then Stu Grayson almost got killed. And the ironic thing is, when I saw Stu Grayson's dive and uh, Nick Jackson taking a superplex off the top to the floor, if you would have asked me, I would have said, never do moves like that unless you have, like, eight people to catch you. And they both did, and they both crashed. So maybe don't do moves like that. Ricky Starks did his FTW title celebration. Of course, he was... Massacred. Well, he wasn't massacred, but Cage showed up and destroyed everything, and they fled. So Cage and, and Ricky Starks continues. Hiroshi Tanahashi video package. He challenged the winner of Lance Archer and Hikaleo, which, by the way, was won by Lance Archer. So the New Japan show coming up in August, it is, in fact, going to be Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Lance Archer for the IWGP United States title. Ace. FT. Yes, the ace. FTR uh, beat Santana and Ortiz. I suspect they're going to do this match again because uh, Cash Wheeler suffered a horrible cut. He was shooting blood out of his arm. He immediately just left the match, and they tended to his arm. They went right to the finish, even though they had several minutes left to do. And so it wasn't the match that the guys wanted. Things happened in wrestling. Uh, presumably they'll they'll probably do a rematch at some point down the road and do the match that they actually wanted it to do. We had the announcement of the Chicago United Center. We had CM Punk chants. They zoomed in on the fans. Darby Allen challenged the best in the world. Probably on that Rampage show, my guess would be, and uh, this is what anybody would presume: CM Punk debuts, stare down with Darby Allen cm punk versus darby allen at the pay-per-view cm punk has stated that he's a big fan of darby allen it's the match to do and it is a match that darby allen can lose to cm punk and it is not the end of darby allen lance archers noted beat hickaleo we had a cody Rhodes segment where he was attacked by malachi black and they had a big pull apart everything like that por fuego del sol was killed Uh, But then he came back and worked later on in the show. So uh, for those of you wondering, he was not, in fact, killed. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express beat Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, and Angelico when Christian got a uh, Frog Splash win. They spent much of the match talking about how I think he's number three in the rankings. So teasing that he may be next in line or uh, soon will be next in line for Kenny Omega. We had Thunder Rosa beating Julia Hart, which, of course, uh, sets up Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker at some point down the road. Um, and uh, uh, next week, they're doing a Bunny versus Layla Hirsch match. And that is a title elimination for the NWA Women's Championship, not Britt Baker's AEW title. So want to make that clear. Next week it's Miro versus Lee Johnson. It is Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. It is Christian Cage versus The Blade. We had a John Moxley promo. Much of the promo was about Hiroshi Tanahashi. When I first heard the promo, my immediate assumption was it is John Moxley versus Tanahashi at all out. However, upon reviewing the segment and what he actually said he wants he wanted to face tanahashi but he noted that tanahashi had been dodging him and lo and behold he loses the iwgp us title and all of a sudden here's tanahashi on the show wanting the winner of a match you're dead to me he said regarding hiroshi tanahashi he said he had a stack of contracts that he has sent to new japan so he is going to be facing somebody at the All Out show. I do not believe that somebody is Tanahashi, okay? I do believe that at some point down the road, John Moxley is facing Tanahashi. But who he faces at All Out, we have to wait and see. Dave says it is a big name from New Japan. But obviously, New Japan has a show that is within eighteen hours of all out and it is a it is a dome show, so or a stadium show. So it's it if you see somebody advertised for that show, that is not who John Moxley is going to be facing. I do not believe that tanahashi has been announced for that show yet. Tanahashi is coming to America, but he's gonna be here like three weeks in advance of all out. So I don't think it's gonna be him, but we'll find out who it is allegedly it's a big name from new japan and it looks like moxley here is just going to want to run through as many new japan stars as he can in whatever he's going to be doing for uh for aew for the time being so we'll see
6: well and- is is so is satoshi kojima is a big name but is that will that be a disappointing name he's already run through nagata he mentioned him Minoru suzuki mentioned him probably won't be him if we're going off the assumption that it won't be tanahashi then who is it and it's like okay it can be a big name like a jay white or something like that well they're not i can't see that foresee that happening to me it would be somebody more along the lines of a kojima that's already here i mean something like that would make sense to build to obviously moxley and tanahashi for later on down the line is that something
3: that would be too disappointing if they did that i don't think jay white is out of the question and I would love to see Jay White and John that would be so- That would be something, yeah. Jay White's here. He's working for Impact. If he goes back to Japan, he's going to have to do the long quarantine. You'll notice a lot of the American talent is here and not there. Uh, there has been a lot of frustration about the COVID protocols in Japan. So it could be a Jay White. It could be a David Finley. It could be a Juice Robinson. It could be somebody that's coming from Japan that's not going to be working those shows. I don't know, but the point is, I'm quite confident it is not going to be Tanahashi at all out. Finally we have Hikaleo. It's not going to be Hikaleo. Chris Jericho, Nick Gage was the main event of the show. Now, these matches, very polarizing. These matches. Dave was very concerned about State Farm last oh, night. Yeah, he I don't was. know if you're aware of this or not. Oh my God! Here's the deal with this match, everybody. My main concern about this match was the personal danger to Chris Jericho. I don't care what happens to Nick Gage. This bro ended my career, but I don't like I don't like punch puncture wounds because I'm afraid of infections. I don't like light tubes because I don't like the idea of you inhaling all that gunk. And then, you know, five years down the road, all of a sudden, you got some horrible cancer because of this. I can tell you, okay, this is all I can tell you because I don't know, like, everything. But do you remember uh, two years ago when Cody took that horrific chair shot from Sean Spears and the Internet was up in arms? Well, it turns out that uh, that was not a real chair. What they did was, I believe they took a chair and they totally shaved it down so that the seat of the chair would be like one of those cookie sheets. So it just bends, it wraps around your head, it makes a horrible sound, it looks like an unprotected chair shot, but actually it was it was designed to be safe. Unfortunately, these chairs go into business for themselves, and uh, because it went over him like a cookie sheet, an actual legitimate part of the chair gashed him open all to hell and he's bleeding everywhere and it i want i don't say it was worse because a cut is worse a cut is better than a concussive blow point of this is the match last night the light tubes uh i presume the cookie cutter uh gimmicked all right so uh you don't have to worry about them inhaling anything or anything like that uh all of the cuts blades old school whatever whatever so the match was safer than you would think when you see light bulbs and everything like that. I don't know about State Farm. That's out of my hands. I don't know what they thought about it. But the fact of the matter is they promised a no-rules, uh, violent, Nick Gage-style match. And uh, I will say that they delivered much more than I expected. If it's not your cup of tea, if you think it's a bad idea, if you think it's too violent, if you think you're going to lose sponsors, if you think you're going to lose women, whatever, whatever, you're welcome to uh, to think all of that. But at the end of the day, that was what they advertised. That is what they delivered. Chris Jericho won, and now next week they're going to swing in the complete opposite direction. And his next opponent is Hoventude. Who? Juventud Guerrero, my God, it's been 25 years. Juventud Guerrera will be facing Chris Jericho, the Juice, next week. And the stipulation is that Jericho must win with a top rope maneuver. (laughs) He shouldn't have broken
6: out the uh, Hurricane Rana to put Gage to the uh, plate glass. He might need that next week.
3: Actually, I, I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but you know what I think the top rope maneuver is? The exact thing that we saw on the retro RAW from 20 years ago after 9/11, Huvy goes for a top rope Hurricane Rana, Jericho hooks the legs and turns into the walls, submits the guy. We'll talk much more about this after the break. Observer live. Always
5: get-
7: microband 24 protects against staphylococcus aureus and enterobacter aerogenes bacteria but does not provide 24-hour protection against viruses every time you touch a surface you leave behind bacteria use microband 24 sanitizing spray to keep surfaces sanitized all day spray on hard surfaces to kill 99.9 percent of bacteria and viruses initially including the virus that causes covid19 microband 24 keeps killing bacteria for 24 hours touch after touch when used as directed microband 24 touch after touch it doesn't give up
1: you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network
3: All right, back here on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. I got a couple of news notes, and we'll get Mike's thoughts on this show last night. First off, according to WrestleTix, which is not WrestleTix.com, Patreon.com slash WrestleTix. The fight for the Fallen show last night, uh, 7,000 people in the building. And uh, they did not quite sell out. There were 316 tickets left at at the end of the night. So I still can't figure out why Tony Khan didn't buy those 316 tickets. So the next show, obviously, is the Homecoming show in Jacksonville. And what they have done is they've got a community outreach program that is offering two tickets to the show if you make a $20 donation to this outreach program. And so, as a result of that, they are now almost at 2,000 tickets for Daily's Place, and they have opened up the capacity for another 1,000 tickets. So, at this point, the estimated capacity is 3,000 people at Daily's Place. And so, the show is now doing uh, much better for the obvious reasons here. And uh, that is the update on that. Mike, any other thoughts on the Dynamite show last night?
6: You know, sometimes we've watched AEW shows, and by the end of it, it's like, okay, that was way too busy, way too much going on, way too many people on it. Well, here's a time where they have a bunch of people on it. There's a ton of stuff going on, yet it didn't feel like too much. It felt like a lot, but it felt like a lot in a positive way. You know, when you go from an opener like that with such ramifications when it comes to the title picture, and then you throw in Darby Allen, and then, I mean, every, when you, Tanahashi, uh, uh, Nick Gage on national television, Meng slash Haku out there with Hikuleu on national television. I, it just was like one thing after another after another, and I thought they did a hell of a job. It's not like you can't pick nits about that show. It wasn't perfect. But last three weeks, you know, the crowd has made a big difference. Was Charlotte as amped up as Florida was? I don't think that they were. But doesn't matter. They provided a great atmosphere. And for what AEW gives those fans back, as I look at our own J.J. Williams, who posted up on Twitter today publicly the
3: story that— I'm going to read that in a moment. Okay,
6: that, that most of us knew about where, again, they've built—they've got a lot of— of, of good tidings and will from their fans because they haven't beaten them overhead they don't screw them over and this has been a great relationship there's going to be highs and lows there's going to be times where shows aren't as good they're going to go into a dip it just it naturally happens over the span of months and years but they have so much good faith built up that when things happen, people are more apt to look the other way. They're more apt to give you the second chance, whereas WWE gives you every reason in the world as a fan. With all the acid that gets thrown in your face, they give you every reason to, at some point, have enough and turn it off. And if the ratings aren't enough, they do things like this constantly that pisses off the
3: person on the street. Well, this is what JJ tweeted here today. J.J. Williams, last week, he writes, I was singled out and removed from the NXT TV taping due to my association with the Observer Figure 4 site. Security took a picture of my ID, had me delete the photos from my phone, and escorted me off the property. My time and devotion will no longer be given to their company going forward. It was never my intention to be a problem or cause any issues for the promotion. None of my tweets We're on the number, yet I was told my social media was being monitored. A majority of those in attendance, including media representatives, were sharing results with no consequences. After purchasing tickets and attending events since 2014, this obviously hurts. All I ever wanted to do was encourage the talent and share my enjoyment of the show and genre. Despite this chapter closing, I still wish all my friends who work there the greatest success possible. If we ever have had any problems in the past or you just don't care for me, please know I hold no grudges or ill will towards anyone. I truly love watching, talking and learning everything possible about wrestling and that will not stop. Thank you for reading. So, if you don't know JJ, I mean JJ loves wrestling the and I've had many many uh DMs back and forth with JJ about how he loves NXT. And he loved the shows, and he loved the wrestlers, and he loved going there, and he was so loyal to NXT. And it would be one thing if J.J. was the only one there, and they didn't want spoilers out, and he's madly, but that didn't happen. As noted, there were, there were media representatives there. There were other people there that everybody was well aware was also... Tweeting out results, texting the results. I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but JJ got kicked out, and the results of the shows were still everywhere because the results of the shows did not come from JJ. So uh, that was the that was the decision that they made. We're going to single out this loyal fan, and uh, that's it. He's escorted off the building, uh, photographed the ID or whatever. I don't want to speak for JJ, but it was it was frustrating enough for him that quite frankly if this story gets out and and they apologize and invite him back, I don't think he's going back. It was it was he he was not treated well. He was not treated fairly. And the good news is that JJ is a great guy and there are a lot of wrestling organizations that would love to have JJ there covering their events and talking to their wrestlers and interviewing their wrestlers. And, of course, we interview wrestlers literally from every promotion except WWE. They've decided that they want to be an island, and that's their decision, and that's fine. I mean, I've dealt with that for 25 years now. So they're welcome to go be an island, and J.J. will find many other places to go to cover and enjoy pro wrestling. So best wishes to J.J. Williams on whatever's next, and there will be a lot coming up next for J.J. And oh, all of you,
6: yeah. yeah, especially down in Florida. There, uh, you know, I just bo- bottom line. Um, WWE just does things their own way. They they it just this is just one of those things. Last night in this conversation, and you think back to Brody Lee and how that whole thing went. You know, AEW. You may not like everything that they do as far as inside the ring. But there are a lot of things that they do, you know, from a media relations point of view, from a personnel point of view, from a personal personnel point of view. Lots of things like that where, again, you don't have to love them, but the fact that there is an alternative with alternative thinking to what WWE puts out there in this business is important. And that's not to demean Ring of Honor or other large indies and things like that. But, you know, Ring of Honor, again, they they do... They do what they do, but they're not at the level that AEW's at now, period. They're just not and they are con- you know content to be what they are, and I'm not going to speak on them, but as far as a national rival to WWE to push them or to give somebody an alternative, like, all of these things, when you combine them together, whether you like the product or not, be happy there is something else out there for people to choose.
3: You know, what's funny too. Is is uh, the the famous meme that I'm on the AEW payroll. One of the reasons that I'm accused of being on the AEW payroll, and it's it's mildly irritating, but I don't really care that much. But I hear, oh, I see Kenny Omega was interviewed for the site again. Oh, I see that you guys interviewed Chris Jericho for the site. Well, of course, yeah, of course we did because we can't interview anybody from WWE. I don't care because there's plenty of people that I can interview from literally any other promotion anywhere on the planet. And most of those promotions, I wouldn't even have to go through the office. I would just DM, text, call the person, whatever, say you want to do the show, they do the show because like any other real organization anywhere else on the planet in pretty much any other genre, they want their people to get press. WWE. Oh, you cannot do the Observer Show. So I don't interview anybody from the, from the, from the WWE. Doesn't mean I'm being paid by anybody else. I don't get, I, I've never been paid, nor have I ever paid anybody to do an interview. I would like to talk to these people and, and learn about their careers and ask them questions and ask them questions from the fans. I would enjoy being able to interview folks from WWE. I could have a million questions for a million people there, but, it doesn't matter if I can't. I don't care because there's so many other people that I could interview that if I wanted to. But whatever, it, it does irritate me when I hear, ah, I see we've got another AEW interview. I see we've got another interview with someone from Ring of Honor. I see. <laughs> well, y- yeah. If I could interview anybody from WWE, I would. But they do not allow it. So I don't. And I just interview people from everybody else. And, and it works out just fine that way, in fact. Because honestly, honestly... If I, if I were allowed to interview folks from WWE, the very few times that I have, uh, there's always like, Oh, there's that person. It's th- like a three way call and there's somebody else on the line listening in, mm-hmm. making sure that we, it's like, why bother? I could do way better interviews with plenty of other people than, than these weird, uh, someone, someone else is on the line listening well, in and, Oh, was- make sure you get to the movie here.
6: Well, how desperate Stop are you asking for, about
3: sausages.
6: How desperate are you for hits or clicks or to look at yourself, you know, and have people throw roses at you? Because when you talk to people from WWE, oftentimes, because this is how it goes, you get WWE answers. Whether they want to give them or not to you, you often get answers that are guarded and shielded. And I'm not saying that people don't do that. With every promotion that they work for, nobody should be going out there, you know, wanting to get fired or exposing trade secrets or anything like that. But it's like a lot of times when you're put in these corporate environments to to, to do these types of, of interviews not only do you have somebody listening in, not only do you have somebody squeezing you for time, the answers you get are relatively canned. So are you really getting, you know, candid, real, honest thoughts anyway? Are you really doing that? No. So what are you doing it for that? You're doing it to say, I had this name on the show. So that's no good either. You know, I would rather talk to somebody who's more interesting, who doesn't have as much of a name, than a bigger name just to say I talk to that name when you really can't do anything with it. And I think it, the position that
3: this website is at, you don't necessarily have to do that, do you? Man, you know what I'd like to do is I'd like to be able to interview Natalia and find out how her foot is. So apparently she uh, she got an MRI after the injury on Raw Monday, and we don't have an update, uh, but I guess we'll find out soon. Hopefully she's all right. Um, looks like something involving her ankle, I guess, uh, which is certainly better than uh, something involving your knee, unless it was like a, a torn Achilles. That would be horrible. But, oh. you know, a, a, a broken know bone. It sounds weird, but, like, breaking your bone... Is way better than like uh, tearing your your uh, uh, well, ACL, MCL, any ligament. We don't know. They did the MRI, so we have to wait.
6: Because the sprain also, can be worse than that break, too. And again, she's had ankle problems, so I don't know how bad it is, but you get those really bad sprains and a lot of inflammation and things like that. That could end up being worse. And, you know, in a way, kind of too bad right now for Tamina you know too because this is the best run she's ever had it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens to her if she falls in the mud or they end up uh, continuing on
3: trying to do something with her also this is uh, an amazing story the sly middle magnet school in tampa florida has been renamed in honor of titus o'neill for the work that he has done in the community. The school is now known as the Thaddeus M. Bullard Academy at Sly Middle Magnet School. O'Neal said, I was once labeled a bad kid, and I was told I would be dead or in jail by the time I was 16. This is the highest and most respected honor I could ever receive, considering there was never any expectation for me ever finding much success in this life. So a huge congratulations to Titus O'Neill. A wonderful human being. Back in a moment with more Observer Live.
5: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
1: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment.
0: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
4: Do you have a home that you don't want anymore?
0: That's 800-410-4771.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi also of WrestlingObserver.com. You know what was amazing about the NXT numbers this week? What's that? It was amazing because the show uh, was moved to Sci Fi, a different network, and they did 520,000 viewers and was down 26.7%. And I thought for sure that a bunch of WWE fans were going to tell me that NXT was dying because it was down 26.7%. But somehow, somehow they concluded that the reason it was down was because it changed networks for the night that was really weird but anyway, yeah, they switched networks for the night and they didn't do very well and and in fact that was expected and so there's nothing to read into this and somehow they knew that I thought for sure we were going to get the WWE fans telling me that NXT was in the mud but they didn't they said, well of course it was down. It was on a different a different station this evening. So anyway, that's why it was down everybody, so there's nothing to read into that number. And it'll be the same thing next week. Nothing to read in that number either, because they're gonna be on sci-fi and not their normal network. I just want to point this out because everybody
6: talks about this eighteen to forty nine number when it comes to pro wrestling, but it's the most stark when it comes to NXT. Don't always look at eighteen to forty nine look at 18 to 34 it's a better indicator of thing it's a better idea of where we have you know well, how many pro wrestling fans we actually have and the bottom line is 150,000 people 18 to 49 18 to 34 39,000 that's always the number that i look at that's the one that always scares me the most going forward
3: we're out of time, everybody. Tonight, myself and Vinny will be reviewing AEW NXT on the Brian and Vinny Show, only for subscribers at WrestlingObserver.com or live at Video.F4WOnline.com. I'll be back here with Mike tomorrow with more. Lots of great stuff on the front page. Check it out. Thanks, Twitch homies, callers, and listeners everywhere in the studio. I'll talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.